When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Uh, our Brownlow show for Betfair's on at 7.30 again tonight. And I've got a shower thought that I'd like to get your thoughts on as we gear up for maybe the biggest home and away clash of the season. Ah, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Welcome to the Sporting Capital, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. As we move from the Macca's run, which we did for Macca's, by the way, with a special sauce and juicy beef. Grab the one only Big Mac at Macca's today. And we transition now into Sporting Capital, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Um, a heap of your texts that are coming through off the temper text, uh, 0433981116, temporary mattress like no other, and the Harcourt's open line at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Now, Andrew was waiting patiently to chat uh, from the Macca's run. He's been good enough to hold over until the Sporting Capital, so I'll jump to him first. Uh, g'day, Andrew. Yeah, g'day, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, mate. Just a current supporter. Um, thanks. Uh, next round 18, we've got Geelong um, at the MCG on a Saturday night. Um, Geelong plays Thursday, uh, well, tomorrow night against Melbourne. And, um, yeah, just with the floating draw, uh, Carlton have got West Coast 4.40 Sunday afternoon this week. So it sort of leaves us coming home on the red eye with a five-day, well, sort of close enough to a five-day break, really, and uh, Geelong with a nine-day break. So... I just thought with the floating draw, they might have been able to do better than that than having teams coming off that bigger difference. Yeah, I, I hadn't. Um, I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. I hadn't. Um, I hadn't uh, factored in. So when I'm just trying to get the draw up now. So when did you say? So you've got the cats. Um, so who did you say? You're you're a Carlton man. Yeah, I'm a cat. Yeah. So uh, yeah, cat, we play cats Saturday night at the MCG. Uh, next Saturday night. Uh, no. So the Cats have got the Demons, uh, yeah, obviously, so and then they've got the Bulldogs. Thursday night. Yeah. And then St Kilda, and then they've got West Coast. The Cats? Yeah. Um, nah, they got Geelong. Uh, Geelong have got, um, Geelong have got Carlton in, in two weeks. Oh, time. sorry. I'm looking at my filter. Do you know why? I had it on the GMHBA filter on the AFL was, app because I was just I was, we're having this conversation. Andrew, you had me worried. I'm like, well, so I was looking up how many games. I was looking up how many games that they actually play um, at GMHBA. Yeah. Um, so let me yeah. just get up the actual fixture, uh, and then we'll all be right. and then we'll be right as rain. Um, all right, yeah. here we go. So the Cats. <clears throat> Excuse me, been a bit crook this week. Uh, yep, so you've got, uh, so Saturday night, um, MCG, 
you guys are playing West Coast on Sunday, so you'll come back uh, after that game. Yep. Um, and it's a 4.40 game, so she'll be fairly late. Yeah, oh, look, it's a Saturday night game too. So look, if 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 it was if you were playing Friday night, then I'd go. Yeah, that yep. might be a bit rough, but um, yep. I think that's I think that's okay. Yep. Nah, fair enough. I just sort of thought with the float and draw, they might be able to push them in a bit tighter. I thought nine days versus. I mean, I, technically it's a six day break, but really it's a five. Um, yeah, I, I see your point there, day. and you're right. Yep. They are coming up against a team that's going to be playing Thursday night to Saturday night, so it's a nice. A nice spell yeah. uh, for them. It's not I'm ideal. Not, I'm not I, saying I, it's I hear that, that it's not, not ideal. Yeah. I'm not saying it's that unusual. I'm just sort of saying when they've got the mm. draws in front of them, to, I would have thought they could have pulled it in a bit tighter somewhere I, there. But, I, and um, I reckon if we went through, Andrew, we'd probably find a few of these that pop up from time yeah. to time. And Travis Old was oh. on Sports Day during the week, you know, talking about the floating fixture. Well, it's not going to be yep. uh, a thing anymore. Are you for or against yeah. that? Now, you're in the country. Oh, you're in Shep. Are you for or against yeah. it? I'm for it, actually. I like it. Okay. Yeah, only because, uh, well, I remember when Carlton got a heap of Friday nights one year and uh, it totally went against them because we were playing uh, pretty pathetic football. And uh, I think for those sort of adjustments throughout the year, I think that, I think the floating girl's good. Andrew, love to get your call, mate. Uh, how are yep. things up in Shep? Yeah, no, going well. Beautiful. Mate, uh, thanks so much for calling. Uh, don't be a stranger. Thanks, Sam. Cheers, mate. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. So just to continue some of the texts that have been coming through, because I want to get there's a heap of them that have come through uh, about Geelong um, and their what, what people perceive to be an unfair advantage about them actually having a home ground and training uh, at their home ground. So I just want to read um, a couple of that. But first, I do want to address a couple of texts that have come through. Any chance you can correct the callers who still refer to clubs as interstate clubs? No matter, no wonder where they get it from. Uh, and another one, if you're serious about the AFL being national competition, not a Victorian one, why do you continu- continuously refer to non-Victorian clubs as interstate clubs? As a Victorian, it irks me no end how amateurish and biased that supposed informed football people as yourself sound. It's also pretty insulting and unsurprising why so many Victorian supporters barely take the Victorian AFL media serious because you all do it. That's from Paul in Portsea. So, Paul, I very much appreciate you pointing that out. I think it's just a bad habit. I, I am 100% with you that we are too Victorian-centric, and this is the AFL. It isn't the, it's Australia's Indigenous game. Um, so, the, so interstate, you're right. Um, it's probably not the right phrasing, and I will make sure that I'm a bit more cognizant of that, and it should be uh, the non-Victorian teams. Obviously, with half the teams being in Victoria and the other half being outside, there's always going to be, it's always, unfortunately, the competition is going to be Victorian-centric just because it's, you know, the, the head office is located here. It's a lot like what happens in the NRL, and Queensland feel the same way. They're like, well, there's two main states that play this, and we've got a team in Victoria as well, yet everything seems to be focused around Sydney. So I know it irks people in Queensland in the NRL, and I know it irks people in South Australia and WA in New South Wales, Queensland, um, Tassie. Let's, you know, let's not even um, get started there on, on how they feel. Um, about how they're left out of the conversation. So you're 100% right. Interesting that you chose to say how insulting I was by insulting me. But, hey, you've got to make your point in the strongest possible terms, and I think you make a really good one. Uh, So thanks for pulling me up on that. I will be better uh, in that space. Uh, Off the text, has everyone forgotten that Hawthorne and Richmond don't train at uh, any home ground they play at the MCG, and they are the most successful teams in the last decade? So no more. That's Chris in South Morang, which is a very good point as well. A very, very good point as well. 
does being able to train at your home ground equate to the ultimate success? Well, in Geelong's case, I mean, yes, they had uh, that brilliant run, um, seven, nine, and 11 with the premierships, and they've made finals pretty much every year after that, except uh, pretty much every year bar one since that 2011 flag. But has it got them the ultimate success? No. So how big a leg up is it? Uh, off the text, Nathan Buckley said only two, ga- two days ago that GMHBA was the most difficult ground to play on as an away game. Partly the ground size and shape, partly the crowd, partly because the Cats train there. I'm not asking Cats to give up home games, but I am asking that this is recognised more and not just a case of I'm not buying into that argument. That's from Mark in Essendon. Um, so just that article that I referred to earlier. The Geelong have been asking to play all 11 home games um, at, at home for a long time now. They're not trying to have their cake and eat it too. Just to clarify that, I'm reading the article. Um, Brian Cook, it was in 2019. He's quoted in it. It was from Peter Ryan in The Age. So they want to play their home games at home. But just on that, with what Bucks is saying there, given how hard would it be to set up your home, your, your training ground to the dimensions of GMHBA Stadium if it's that difficult? Couldn't you do a whole week of match sim? I mean, cones are, are remarkable things. You can plot out a ground to be the dimensions. And with list sizes, we obviously know that teams play match simulations. So couldn't that be part of the training that you do? Again, do we overemphasize, do we overstate and overplay how big an impact one patch of grass has over another? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, off the text, definitely an advantage training on the same ground you play, particularly Geelong, as the ground shape is unique. Yeah, you, but you can train it. You can, as I just said, you can train the shape of the ground. You've got the ability to do it. Uh, Geelong played the first six games away, not in Geelong. They've only played three in Geelong. I think they've played four, um, just by what I was having a look at uh, a little earlier. They've also, um, I think they didn't play their first game there until round four at GMHBA uh, Stadium um, this year. So, uh, Geelong would play all 11 home games in Geelong if they were given the choice. Uh, they make far more money playing in Geelong in front of 20,000 fans than they would playing at the G in front of 60,000. Um, and there's a fair few more coming through. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight 1116 Why don't we do a shower thought? Haven't done one of these uh, for a little while, so I wanted to throw one up to you. Uh, for tonight. So um, let's roll into this shower thought for this evening. Well, you know, I'm trying to get out of the shower sooner, and then I ask myself, why? I mean, this is where I want to be. So I got a waterproof boat, I shaved, I brushed my teeth, and I ordered a pair of chinos from J. Crew. <laughs> when are you getting them? I'm not. For the man who has nothing to hide, but still wants to. Is it after a week where three teams bad kicking at goal cost them game that we didn't have one fan ringing up? Not one that I've heard. Absolutely going troppo, going bunter, dropping their bundle, toys out of the cot, thumping the desk, pointing the finger, kicking the cat, going right off about the fact that their team's goal kicking cost them the game when every single week when there's the most slightly contentious of contentious umpiring calls. The phone lines blow up and we have people saying, the umpire cost us, the umpiring cost us, the free kick count cost us. 
yet nobody wants to ring up and say, you know what, our boys bloody woeful kicking at goal costers. Why don't we have people ringing up to say that with the same amount of sort of fire and brimstone and vehement sort of rage and anger that exudes and permeates through the phone when they ring up to say that it was the umpires that cost them and that decision cost them the game and the lopsided free kick count cost us the game. It just didn't happen this week. Even though that the Blues, their last 19 shots at goal, got them just four goals, four non-scores. Kerno kicked one goal, four for the game and some of Mackay's decisions to banana or snap from a long way out were slightly perplexing. And the Swans, they could have iced that game in the third quarter. 2-8 from 20 inside 50s. And all the front half turnovers. Papley kicked 1-3 and one that didn't make a distance. We love Tommy Papley. But that didn't do him any good. The Suns, in the third term, could have closed it out at Metricon. They kicked 1-5 in the third term to 0-1. Yet... Crickets, absolute crickets on the phone line. Maybe it's just low-hanging fruit and it's just easier to blame the umpires. Maybe people feel disloyal if they put a mirror back on their own team's performance and say, you know what, we really cost ourselves a game there. And for Carlton, it might cost cost us top four. For the Swans, it probably put pay to any top four that they might have had. Now, they've just got to put every foot right from here on out to make sure they make the eight. And for the Suns... If they had to claim that, then they were right in the hunt for their first finals appearance. Yet, nobody, not one person I heard blowing up. I wonder why that is. That's a shower thought for another week. one 736 736 Mark in Bacchus Marsh. Mark in Greenvale. Stay right there. If you want to put your two bobs worth in about the shower thought, if you've got a shower thought of your own, I'd love to hear it. Sporting Capital, SEN. And when you put Nick on the other end of the court, uh, for Garen, it's a different proposition because it's a different storyline that takes place. There's no consistency when you look up the other end as far as you know what you're going to get. You're yeah. actually unsure because of all the weapons that he brings. You don't get involved in his serve that often. Um, you know, he can take the racket out of your hand. He can hit winners from every part of the court. So he's dangerous in all areas of the tennis court. So that's a that gives you a different image about how you're going to play the game. And can he stay true to himself of uh, not getting involved in anything if it goes on, you know, um, on the other end of the court. So, I think for for Australia and for Nick, uh, you know, it's all everything's on his racket. You, he'll he will decide whether he gets through to the semi-finals or he doesn't. It won't be about the opposition. Uh, Roger Rashid speaking to Sam Edmund about Nick Kyrgios's quarter-final matchup against Chilean uh, Christian Garin, eleven fifteen p.m. this evening, um, and obviously on a day where overnight uh, it came. Um, to bear that uh, Nick Kyrgios uh, was facing charges of assault back in Australia to be heard um, next month. So there's plenty swirling around, um, and obviously his camp taking those charges seriously, as they should be taken seriously, uh, and a quarterfinal game uh, to contend with as well. Uh, The women's singles in the quarterfinal, Alia Tomjanovic is at 10pm tonight as well. So a massive night for Australian chances at Wimbledon this evening. one uh, 736 736 after my shower thought that why we didn't have more people blowing up about goal-kicking costing their sides games when every week we have people blowing up saying the umpires are costing them uh, games. Mark in Greenvale. Hello, mate. 
How you going, Sam? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for calling. Look, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to find out from you, how loud would you want me to shout about <laughs> the Swans' bad goal kicking on the weekend? Because I'm telling you now, I rang up on tu- on Monday or Tuesday, one of your SEN shows, and I called them a Jekyll and Hyde team. They are tearing supporters' he- heads apart, tearing our hearts out, and with, hair follicles, uh, the inconsistent performances. <laughs> Oh well, Mark, so, I stand um, corrected. You were were you desk thumping? Were you were you were you howling? Oh, oh no, I was just hand. Uh, look, when they got up to sixteen points in the lead, I thought to myself, "Thank God, it's yep. not going to cost them. Maybe they're going to win." But um, and, and look, I was angry at the umpires in the second quarter. There was a clear free <laughs> kick paid to Essendon, which was the start of their five goal run. It was paid for a head-high tackle when the replay showed Mark, it clearly wasn't all... high. <laughs> but it's not the point. That's not why they yes. lost. Oh, good man. Oh, you, that's, you've, really, you've given me a good chuckle, Mark. Even when we're trying to say it was our own fault, we still can't resist, can we, a little dig at the umpires. Thanks for calling, mate. I appreciate it. No worries. Uh, that's very humorous. Uh, Gary and Berwick. G'day, Gary. Good day, Sam. Um, I think you're neglecting to mention that Collingwood in the first half, uh, their horrendous kicking probably meant that uh, they didn't go in six goals ahead instead of eight points. So it happens to the uh, other team as well. No, they yeah, both ended up... 100%, Gary. Collingwood didn't kick well either. I just felt in the in that period of the game, in the third quarter that we call the premiership quarter, um, they did set up a lead for themselves, but not a lead that would have iced the game. So I just felt in the context of the game at that period in the third quarter, they were 14 points up in the last. They weren't able to hang on. Uh, so I just thought that if they had been able to convert, the lead in those conditions would have been unassailable. Yeah, I think if Collingwood had converted in the first half, uh, they would have lost yeah. the game by then. You could be right, mate. You could be right. It's a good point you make, and I thank you for ringing up the doing it. Uh, Mark's in back as Marsh. Hello, Mark. Oh, oh, Mark's, Mark's put us on hold. Hang on, let's have a listen to the hold music for Mark. That's interesting. Oh, well, we've been put on hold by Mark, so um, we might have to get him in another time. Hey, that, that's fair enough. If we put people on hold, um, which we have to to get through ad breaks and things like that, it's only fair that we get put on hold ourselves. So might I suggest a bit better hold music? Actually, can someone tell me what our hold music is? I think you just hear us. Um, so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'll let you be the judge of it. Hey, um, on the other side of this, um, we've got a, a fantastic new show for, from Betfair, the Brownlow Medal Predictor. So we're going to go through the Brownlow Predictor. We're going to go through the weekend's performances and we're going to have a look to this weekend's performances with our Brownlow Predictor. We're going to do it on the other side of this. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.